Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And you know it is my great pleasure just to bring fabulous people to share wisdom with you each week, and today is no different. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Scott Miller, Senior Advisor of Thought Leadership for the Franklin Covey... Franklin Covey Company, say that fast, best-selling author, keynote speaker, and moderator for the Frank Covey Book Club. Scott's goal is to journey his own story without about moving from mess to success and inspire others to uncover their own unique story of growth. Welcome to the show today, Scott. Daisy, thank you. Thank you for the platform and the spotlight. What an honor. I, you know, this is truly my honor. You have really, and we'll get into this a little bit more, had the opportunity to speak with some of the greatest thought leaders of our time. I have, like you, I'm privileged to host a podcast, what is now the world's largest weekly leadership podcast. It's about 6 million people each Tuesday, where wow. on behalf of Franklin Covey, I, like you, am the host and get to interview some of the world's uh, greatest minds, authors, business titans, CEOs, celebrities, or people that don't have um, maybe a celebrity, but they've maybe survived some kind of trauma or done something especially inspiring. So it's been an amazing journey into our public year, about 200 episodes. What, 200 episodes? Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, 220, we released about 190 of them. So we're always about, you know, probably like you, we're always about a month or two ahead of the schedule. Exactly. That's exactly the same as us. And I'm just, you know, congratulations. I know this is actually episode number 132 for us today. I know. And I just, I, I know how much work that is. It's and just finding the guests. I don't know if you've got somebody that finds them for you or, you know, how you work yours, but I mean, it's almost a full-time job. It's true. And uh, we have a production team, but I d- decide the guest and find the guest. But I just launched a new podcast this week called C-Suite Conversation with Scott Miller, where now I interview CEOs or people in the C-Suite. So I'm now insanely hosting two video and audio podcasts. That is crazy. And you know what? Remind me when we get done, there's somebody I want to connect you with that would could great. potentially be great. a great uh, guest right. for that show. Um, but one of the things that and I almost just totally got away from my signature question, I always like to ask our guest, and we'll see if you remember, if not, I can help you. How did we get connected? Well, I'm sure it was through social media. Um, you have a large social media presence and so do I. We tend to seek people out of similar values and career goals. So I don't remember which platform, but I'm quite positive I reached out to you probably on LinkedIn or social media. I'm sure that's where it came from. <laughs> you were really, really close. It was actually uh, the team over at, and I'm trying to remember, Sharon. Finn Partners. Finn, Finn Partners. Partners. Yes, yeah. they have really... Yeah, yeah you know, been great about sharing their authors with me. And, you know, when they sent oh, you so over, you were quizzing me, you were quizzing me. I was, you quizzing, knew the answer. I was quizzing you. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's what so... is this, like a, an MBA interest. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I think Finn partners is a great publicity partner. And, um, that's probably how the link came. Right? Exactly. Right. 
<laughs> so, but I, I think it's so important that people realize the power of networking, especially when you're a job seeker. It, it, not even especially when you're a job seeker, period. Networking is important. And so that's why I always want to kind of trace back how I meet people for the podcast because it's like a spider web, right? It just keeps growing and it's so interesting to me. In fact, even beyond important, it's the lifeblood mm -hmm. of relationships and business is, uh, is are your connections, how you feed your connections, how you pour your heart and your genius into other people's connections so that you can help them. It really is having an abundance mentality and ensuring that you're not just connecting and building rapport to help you, but you're doing it with a selfless mindset to help others because it will always come back to benefit you. I love that you just said that because one of my number one internal rules, so I, I, I'm, I'm such a nerd, so I list out my internal rules and then I also list out my core values because I want to make sure that I'm living in, you know, in my authenticity every day. But my first internal rule is to give value first. Yeah. Yeah. I would name it differently in my life, but <clears throat> abundance is one of my seven values. Same thing as you. And I try every day, I think with success, to make sure that I'm doing the same other people not because i know it'll be reciprocal although it will mm -hmm. but because that's my mindset right like yours is to be abundant about how i can help other people um, it's not just pavel that's true yeah no and i agree i'm a huge supporter of the go-giver philosophy or if you're an oh, adam grant yeah. fan the give and yeah. take philosophy i've I interviewed both bob berg and adam grant those are two great uh, resources i love bob berg I absolutely love him. He's amazing. And he's been yeah. on our podcast too. Yeah. Yeah, of he's course, great. Of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm getting way off track. So tell me a little bit about the um, Ultimate Career Guide series that you're launching this year. What can people learn? Oh my goodness. So this is a big project. Uh, I have a contract with a publisher to write about 150 books. Now it sounds bombastic, but it's true. What I've done is I created a career course called Ignite Your Genius, helping to move your career from accidental to deliberate. Mm. Because I'm convinced after my own 30-year career from the front line to the C-suite that very few people actually manage their careers more deliberately or deliberately enough. And so what I also realized is that I think not enough people have access to the right information to decide which kind of career should they pursue. Are they being an engineer because their dad wants them to be? Are they going to law school because they really want to build their time in eight minute increments for the next 40 years? And what's right for you? So what I've done is I've created a, uh, a 100 plus volume book series where I have 150 co-authors that are joining me to write books about their particular career, how to become a chemical engineer, how to become a wind turbine technician, how to become a boutique hotel manager, how to become a human resource vice president, whatever it is, where we have a very intimate conversation about the good, the bad, and the dirty. What is it really like? What is a day in the life of a podiatrist like? And so these are co-authors who all have credible years under their belt as a co-author, or as, as an expert in that mm -hmm. business that I know my co-author. These are short books. These are, you know, 20,000 word books that are under $10 a piece that you can listen to on audio read digitally or read in print and really understand, you know, what should your career journey be like? You're looking to pivot to a new career. Primarily they're aimed at people on the front end of their career. You know, a lot of people that are, you know, in the great resignation that are pivoting to become entrepreneurs or side hustles or moving from one career to a very different one. 
I know someone that just last week quit a 15-year career in the leadership development business that went to go flip houses. These are these have no similarities, right? No. But I'm so proud of that person's boldness. So that's that's the um, ultimate career guide series. Stand so, by. Well, I was just going to say, where were you when I was getting started? I, where was I when I was getting decided? Here's a good example. My brother is a chemical engineer. He has an MBA from MIT and a master's in chemical engineering. He checks all the boxes my parents think are. What was I? He's a specialist, by the way. What was I? I was in sales. I was in sales management, project management. I am an author, an interviewer, marketing. My parents have no idea how I earn a living. And I spent many years being kind of jealous of my brother's, you know, specialist mentality. And what I realized is that I took the right journey because all these careers over 30 years have now culminated in me being like you, a podcast host, an author, a speaker, an advisor. And I think many people on the front end of their career could greatly benefit from really understanding what is it like to have a 30-year career as a patent attorney? How many years can you really be a massage therapist until you burn out? What's it like to be an anesthesiologist or a commercial airline pilot? And what are the what are the future growth careers? No one better to tell you whether or not you should be a patent attorney than a patent attorney. And I think that's the value of the series. I love this so much. And, and let me tell you why I'm passionate about your work. Um, and I can't remember if I shared this with you or not, but you know, I, I haven't always been a recruiter. You know, nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to be a recruiter when I graduate, you know? I was actually an accountant for 20 years. I know. I remember. And it was miserable. (laughs) I'm so not wired to do that. I'm not wired to be behind a desk, behind a door, just crunching numbers. But I did it because that's what I thought I was supposed to do, right? That's what you went to school for. Your story is a story of countless hundreds of millions of people. Today in the podcast, I hosted... Rob Sharma. He's the author of the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. I'm very sold familiar. 20 million copies. And he, he was a litigation attorney. I mean, imagine what it takes to become a litigator and go through law school. He hated his job, hated it with a passion. And we pivoted, gosh, I'm going to guess in his 30s or maybe even a little bit later than that, to become now one of the most influential authors, advisors, coaches, coaches in the world. There's too many stories like that. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm writing these books is to help people build a more deliberate career and make sure that before they go to all of the financial investment, the time investment, and and the precious time they have on this planet making poor decisions, let's avoid some of that and get you in the right career as soon as possible. I, I love that. And, and because I did eventually find the right career for me and I realized, oh my gosh, you don't have to go to work if you love what you're doing, right? And once I realized that, I was like, there are so many people, just like you just said, that were like me, that feel stuck and hopeless and helpless and don't know um, you know, the next steps to take. So this is really gonna be a gift to the, everyone. I am so glad that you're doing this. Um, I'm trying to maybe do it in my own co- way. Maybe you'll co-write the book, co-write the book, How to Become a Recruiter. Maybe, I could definitely do that. Stand by. <laughs> You're all sorts or, of wonderful or, today. I did not invite you to co-write the book, co- co-write the book, How to Become an Accountant, okay? <laughs> oh, please don't. I'll be like, don't I'll, I'll do it. I'll give you a pass it. on that. Don't do it. <laughs> 20,000 words, don't do it. 
So, okay, so this is, I think this is a great time to kind of shift to something else that you do. So you assist yeah. people with turning setbacks or messes into success through your Ignite Your Genius job coaching. So tell yes. me a little bit more about this program and how it helps the job seekers to excel in their careers. Sure. So. I had a 30-year career in corporate America, four years with the Walt Disney Company, 25 years with the Franklin Covey Company as an executive officer and the CMO for nearly a decade. And when I left the company on good standing about two years ago, I'm still an advisor to the Franklin Covey Company and host their podcast and things like that. I really came to this uh, conviction, like I mentioned before, that as I look back at so many people's careers, they're so haphazard. They're not done with deliberation and intention. People are going for mm -hmm. you know two more thousand dollars, or they're going for you know, beer on tap on Thursdays, or you know, they're not clear on what they really want their career to be. So I looked back at my own career and all the good and perhaps bad decisions I had made, and the thousands of people that I'd interviewed, and the hundreds that I'd hired, and the dozens that I had unfortunately fired, and I put together 11 modules online where I'm on video and I'm teaching important modules like building your self-awareness and establishing your professional values. Mm -hmm. um, really understanding what is your brand? What is your reputation? How do you lead with your boss? What are the reasons why people get fired and hired and promoted? So I created this course called Ignite Your Genius. I am not an individual career, um, um, career counselor or coach. I'm not a coach. Um, I don't want to be an individual coach, but I do think that my own journey, 30 years in the professional development industry and having a great career myself, being the beneficiary of a lot of mentors. I created these 11 modules that you can buy at my site, scottjeffreymiller.com. It's called Ignite Your Genius. Um, a publisher is going to be um, publishing a book that I'm writing about Ignite Your Career Genius in the coming, coming year. And so it really is just a very practical program. It's 11 modules. There's a printed workbook and a digital mm. workbook as well, and a multi-year career um, guide on how to really not just forecast, but backcast your career. Where do you want to be in 20, 30 years from now? What is like the ultimate career goal? And then what are all the steps, all the roles, all the titles, all the talents, all the skills you need to master and learn to build your way up to that career? I think too many of us forecast and not enough of us, Casey, backcast, meaning start with the end in mind, mm -hmm. get very deliberate on what will it take? Do you want to be the CEO? can't avoid the C-suite. You gotta probably be the COO or the CFO or the CMO. And you gotta be probably an EVP and an SVP and a VP and a director and have supply chain experience. You get the point. So that whole course helps you to uncover how to build the deliberate career you deserve. I love how you keep calling it a deliberate career. And I just, you know, we're so fortunate this year that we are sponsoring a group um, with Success North Dallas, their young executive program. So VIP is going to actually sponsor them this next year. And I am so excited about this. And I'm really thinking that I'm going to have to push them towards this um, Ignite Your Genius course because, I mean, they're just getting started in their careers, right? But they've got one thing going for them so strongly in that they already know the power of networking. So I, I think, think a I think a consistent factor in successful careers are those people that are very clear about where they want to go, where they want to end up, while at the same time allowing for some level of serendipity. You know, I, I moved to the UK for a year. That was not my plan. 
But that international experience was invaluable to me, progressing and maturing as a corporate executive. So there is a level of serendipity, but it's a level of serendipity. Too many people's careers are lost to serendipity. They're lost to accidental decisions, and they're not deliberate enough. It's a balance, but I'd love to speak or, or, or sponsor or help the, help the program. Keep me in mind. I will definitely do that. We are looking for people just like you. <laughs> so um, so let's, let's move on to talk a little bit about your book. And I believe this is yes. your most recent book, Master Mentors. Yep. Yes. So yes. you talk about documenting your misses and setbacks and learning and teaching from them. How has this approach to learning um, impacted your life and how can others implement this process? Sure. So the book you're referring to is by HarperCollins. It's called Master Mentors, 30 Transformative Insights from Our Greatest Minds. I did something quite simple. I looked at the first 100 interviews I've done on the podcast, and I picked out 30 guests that I thought had shared a transformational insight. People like Dan Pink and Seth Godin, Liz Wiseman, General McChrystal, Susan Cain, all walks of life, and I got their permission to write a chapter about them. Very easy, very breezy, kind of like chicken soup for the leadership <laughs> soul. It's very episodic. I talk about brain health. I talk about managing your time. I talk about understanding the difference between efficiency and effectiveness. It's very much an episodic book. But I shared one insight from 30 different people. By the way, this is a 10-year, 10 10-volume 10 book series from HarperCollins. Master Mentors Volume 2 comes out in October with 30 new mentors and 30 new insights that I'm now writing Master Mentors Volume 3. At the end, there'll be 300 mentors with 300 insights. But what I think is applicable is I try to distill down, you know, a really big idea from Seth Godin on marketing or a really big idea from Liz Wiseman on how to become a multiplier. At the end of the day, these people have all been mentors in my life. They have helped me uncover my genius, identify my strengths and my weaknesses and how to grow. You're never too old to have a mentor. And here's what I think is the key. You don't have to know your mentor. Your mentor does not need to be the CFO on the fourth floor. Most of my mentors don't know I'm alive. Most of my mentors I never met personally in life. They're just really wise people that have kind of been down the path that I want to go. And through my voracious curiosity, I learned from them, what could I replicate? What mistakes have they made that I could avoid? Because Casey, I don't have your genius. I don't have your education. I don't have your background. I can't become you, but I can learn from your messes. I can learn from your mistakes and kind of avoid them. Heck, half of success in life is just not falling into the metaphorical pitfalls, potholes, if you will, that others have done. So the book Master Mentors, I think um, has a broad market, a broad appeal. It's done extremely well. And uh, I'm looking forward to writing nine more of those and publishing them in the coming years. It's a lot, it's a lot of work, but it's a, it's, a, it's a labor of love. And I love that these podcast guests, which is a, a criteria for being featured in the book, are allowing me to write about them. When do you sleep? <laughs> I mean, you got 150 books I, coming I sleep, in these 10. I sleep every night from 9.30 p.m. to 4 a.m., like clockwork. I'm a dad and a husband of three young boys. They've got me going, but I have a very regimented sleep schedule, 9.30 to 4 a.m., seven days a week. That's pretty awesome. I don't have such a regimented regimented sleep schedule, but I do have to get at least eight hours of sleep or I'm worthless. Yeah, yeah. 
It's yeah, got to be eight. Me. I have to have seven hours of sleep. I see sleep as a enormously valuable investment in my mental health and my relationships. I make no um, excuses for going to bed at 930 at night. I, I applaud you for that. I wish I had a set bedtime and a set I kind of have a set get up time, but it just really depends yeah. on the day. But it's anywhere from like 5.30 to 6.30, depending on yeah. what time I went to bed the night before because I'm getting yeah. my eight yeah. hours, you know? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Great. So I read your blog post, The Most Important Relationship in Your Life, in which you emphasize the importance of having a strong relationship with yourself, which I think that this ties in greatly with what we just talked about. So what, does, what role does self-appreciation have in building your career? I'm delighted that you um, read the blog. I write weekly. I also write a column for Inc. Magazine every week on leadership. This is something that came to me from an interview. I forgot actually which podcast guest it was, but it's so true, isn't it? Is our most important things in life are our relationship with others. And of those, the most important one is the one with yourself. Because I think so, if you're like me at all, we spend a lot of time studying other people. But mm -hmm. I can tell you most things, I can tell you everything about Seth Godin. I can tell you almost everything about Rachel Hollis or celebrities, because I study them a lot. Mm -hmm. But the question is, is how often do we study ourselves? Most of us have really low self-awareness. All of us, quite frankly, have really low self-awareness. We think we don't, but we do. And so to really understand what are your fears, what are your motivations? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What brings you passion? What brings you fear? What ignites you? What's it like to be married to you? What's it like to date you? What's it like to work for you? <laughs> What's it like to live next door to you? What's it like to sit on a plane for four hours next to you? I mean, all these things are important to understanding kind of who you are. I don't think any of us spend enough time to truly understand who we are what we want, what drives us, what motivates us. So I wrote a blog about perhaps in 2022, spending more time investing in ourselves. Mm. I don't mean massages and facials, yes, do that. And I don't mean vacations and professional development, yes, do that. But really taking some quiet time, which is tough for me because I'm like the Energizer Bunny. I don't have much downtime but I don't know myself as well as I want to. And so I think in this blog, I've got a series of questions to ask yourself to better get to know what's it like to have a relationship with yourself? Do you know yourself well enough to build your schedule around it, to build your friendships around it, to build your career, your legacy, your reputation around it? I came to this concept late in life, perhaps later than many, but I think it's one of the most profound things I've uncovered in the last couple of months, getting better, getting closer to Scott Miller. I love how you just said that, and I and I agree with you 100%, and I think that it's so important. One of the things that, and I, like you, probably figured this out a little bit late. Um, I, you probably figured it out faster than I did. But I figured everything out late. Just for <laughs> but for me, I think one of the things, and I just wrote this down in my journal the other day, is that I, I really don't want to allow others' emotions 
yes. to affect mine. So my inner world, my inner landscape needs to be really neat and tidy in order for that not to happen. Like if somebody is projecting on me their anger, I don't let that bother me. Casey, that is so wise. That, that, that is the very essence of Dr. Covey's seminal book, The Seven Habits of mm -hmm. Highly Effective People. This book has sold nearly 50 million copies. Habit one is be proactive. And be proactive isn't about taking charge or taking initiative. It's about not being reactive to other people's moods, yes. other people's insecurities, other people's jealousies, traffic, weather. It's about metaphorically carrying your own weather. The most highly effective people are proactive people, just like you, that don't fall victim to other people's moods, circumstances, or issues. Someone asked me this morning on a podcast, I deliberately surround myself with positive people. And I said, you know, the convenient answer would be yes, but the truth is no. I have lots of people in my life. I just deliberately don't let their um, problems, their insecurities, their frustrations come into my life. They like literally just bounce off of me because I try to be a proactive person. I try to be an empathic person. I'll help people out, certainly. But I don't let your issues impact my mindset at all. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. I just, you, you know, did say it. I don't care if, um, like, I used to try so hard to control the way other people thought about me. And now I'm like, this is me. I'm showing up authentically. If you don't like me, fine. I'm not for everybody. I get that, you know, but I don't care. <laughs> hey, that's called being 50. Not something you would know about, but when you turn 50, call me because that's when most people get that realization. So see, you're learning this early because you're far from me. <laughs> I'm not that far, but I'm not going to yeah, say how close look I am. You look great. <laughs> okay. So what is one piece of advice that you've received? I know this is going to be hard. That has transformed yeah. your perspective yes. on finding happiness, yeah. especially after yeah. a setback. Yeah. I, I have two pieces of advice, make it very quick. Okay. Um, I interviewed a gentleman once who was a Ugandan football player. And he had his football meaning soccer from Uganda. And he was a very famous Ugandan hero in Uganda. And he had his career cut short. A, a player, you know, intentionally kind of cut him down and he had an injury. Yeah. Fast forward. He said something that I think is profound. He said, sometimes a disappointment turns into an appointment. Ooh. And I, and I like, I live my life through this lens. A client calls up and they cancel a six figure contract. And I say, okay, well, what should I do with that 700 hours next year? Something happens and I get, I get, I get you know, pulled off a, a stage because they want a different speaker. Okay, that's a free Monday for me. What am I gonna do with that? So I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize trauma or minimize setbacks, but when you get some bad news, it doesn't go your way. Immediately pop into, okay, this is a disappointment. It's an appointment, however, for what next? And I love that mindset. Complimented by something I learned from a podcast guest, Nick Vujicic. Nick Vujicic is a very famous Texan. He's Australian by birth. He was born with no arms and no legs. He lives in Dallas. Oh, I know who you're talking and, about. Yes. Nick is a very dear friend of mine. And Nick has taught me the value of living your life, not 
through the lens of I have to or I ought to, yep. but rather through I get to. I get to take out the garbage. I get to pay half my visa bill. I get to spend $68 on gas this week. I get to terminate someone who's miserable in my job and their job. This has transformed my life. Mm -hmm. I get to wake up this morning at 1.30 and deliver four keynotes to Oman, Qatar, Dubai, and Saudi Arabia, and then collapse on my deathbed at like 6.30 in the morning because I'm so tired. I get to do that. And that has transformed my mindset whenever I face a challenge or a burdensome task or a setback. Those two mindsets, I think, are insanely liberating. I, I love that. And I'll even go a step further, like should, ought, have to. You know, yeah. I was always taught those were guilt words. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. so it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen right. overnight, right? There's things I don't like doing. I do not like taking the garbage cans out to the curb on a Salt Lake City winter night <laughs> at seven below, and I'm sliding on the ice until I remember that Nick Vujicic cannot take out the garbage because he has no arms and no legs, and he would do anything to just once push that large garbage can down 70 meters and slide on the ice. Nick has transformed my life. That is so awesome. Maybe I need to meet Nick in person. I've, I'm happy to make a connection. He lives I in would, Dallas. I know. And I, so he has been brought up to me because I think he does some stuff here in the studio where I record. Yeah. So hey, um, it's all about networking connections. I would be delighted is. to connect to you. Just ask Drew. Drew makes everything happen. <laughs> I need Drew's email, please. <laughs> hey, no problem. Okay. So very quickly, I just want to ask this one last question before we get to our VIP questions, because um, you've had some fantastic guests on your show. Matthew McConaughey, jealous. Rachel Hollis, jealous. All these people. Have you had Mel Robbins on? I interviewed Mel Robbins two weeks ago. And her interview aired just last week. She was fire. Oh, my gosh. She is. You want to talk about an energizer bunny? That's Mel Robbins. If you want an intro to Mel Robbins, you just ask Drew. I'll make one for you also. You are kidding me. Of course. I want an intro to Mel Robbins. I do. I love yeah, her. Ask Drew. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Okay. I just totally fangirled on you. <laughs> so. Okay. So tell me if you can about one podcast that had yeah. the most profound impact on yeah. you. And that one yeah. was really a good one. So I, but just that'll stick with you forever. Yeah, I know it immediately. Um, Elizabeth Smart. Elizabeth Smart, of course, is the Utah kidnapping victim that for mm -hmm. 15 years ago was kidnapped, raped, sodomized, abused by her captors for nine months until she was found. And everyone knows who Elizabeth Smart is. And she's gone on to become a hero, a victim's right advocate. She's forgiven her captors. Her captors are the essence of evil. They are still incarcerated. They tortured this woman and stole her youth. They stole her purity. They, um, they had the potential to destroy her life. And she has rebounded and become a beacon of light and joy and positivity and traveling the world speaking about resilience, the power of forgiveness. And so what I have learned, if Elizabeth Smart can forgive the man who raped her every night continuously as a young 12-year-old girl for nine months, I can forgive everything that's ever happened to me. 
I can forgive petty squabbles. I can forgive gossip. I can give forgive people that have you know, spoken about me behind my back. And I think Elizabeth Smart sets a level of standard for me that I aspire to. I'm not sure I could have done the same. Wow. Now I'm going to cry. And I, and I said that very viscerally because those are the words that she used. Mm. Because what that man and that woman did to her is unspeakable. And yet today, she can speak about it in front of millions of people through the lens of forgiveness. She doesn't forget them. And she's very passionate about they should be in jail for the rest of their life and they will have a recompense with their creator, mm. whatever that means. But she has forgiven them so that she is not held prisoner by them for one more day. And so I take my hat off to Elizabeth Smart and to all the people in the world that have suffered traumas that I can't even identify with, that recognize that you forgive someone to release you of your prison, not them of theirs. And I think it's a very powerful metaphor that all of us could employ in our lives for petty things that we're still holding inside of us. Forgive people to release yourself, not them. Wow, I almost feel like we should end the show here. That was really good. So thank you for sharing that. That's, I, I'm sure that was a hard interview to conduct, but. You know, it, you know, it was, but I made a decision that I was not going to start the interview with her, with her um, kidnapping or all of the um, captivity. I started the interview with the moment she was rescued, mm. and I when I brought it forward, out of respect to her and allowed her to go wherever she wanted to. And I've done that with many people that have been on the program. I interviewed someone who survived a plane crash. They literally the plane broke apart and they fell 70 feet from the sky in their chair, in a roof, Yuck. bounced off the roof onto a car, and they lived. And these are the kinds of people that I'm interviewing that are transformative, and I write about them in every Master Mentors book um, to help bring their story and their journey to all of us that could use sometimes a reminder of what's going right in our lives in spite of what's going wrong. That's beautiful, I love that. Okay, we're going to switch the topics a little bit now. On that topic, on that note. <laughs> I know, I almost feel like it's frivolous to ask these questions now, but because that was no, such no, a deep please. moment. So, sorry, but sorry. we have to end with our VIP questions. So, bring it on, bring it on. My first question If you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Probably the Bible, because I should read it more. <laughs> should? Um, I love lasagna, so I probably would bring <laughs> lasagna. And my wife, Stephanie, who is um, a really great person. I'm sure she'll be uh, grateful uh, that you would take her with you. <laughs> no, no, she probably would not want to go, but I would choose to bring her. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay. What is one thing you By the way, I don't want to go to Mars. Just I have no desire. Okay. Well, you, you're not the first person to decline going, so... <laughs> Um, what is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Oh, I, I reframe my entire day through the lens of I get to. Oh. I get to interview three people today. I get to take three throat lozenges in between the interviews to get my voice back. I get to attend seven meetings today via Zoom. I just reground myself every morning hmm. through the lens of I get to. I love it. I love it. 
And if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? A ferocious man of gratitude mm. inspires others to model the same. I love it. A ferocious man of gratitude inspires others to do the same. That's beautiful. And I can definitely see that in you. How do people okay. find you if they want to connect, if they want to get your courses? Where, where, yeah. Where's all the good stuff? Well, my wife says it's not hard to find me. That's not a compliment. She thinks I'm overexposed. So <laughs> you can visit scottjeffreymiller.com. All my books and podcasts and blogs and interviews and courses are there, scottjeffreymiller.com. You also can find me on every major social media platform, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, name it. I'm out there. That is so awesome. And I appreciate your time so much here today. And I just have one last thing to say to you. You are a VIP. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you as well. Look forward to making those connections that I promised to Nick and to Mel Robbins. would love to come down and help your Dallas conference if it makes any sense to leverage my creativity and passion. And I appreciate the spotlight and the platform today. My pleasure. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.